Hey everybody and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 60. Uh, joining us, we're happy to welcome for the first time, Tate Golden Tot, uh, taking time out of your day to come talk to us about, I think we're going to be focusing in on Horizon Zero Dawn, PC, Final Fantasy XIV, Fantasy Star Online 2. We have a lot of, in, uh, at least games that I think we like in common, and so we're going to get his uh, perspective on all of those uh, in the show. Uh, Tate, for those who don't know you, who haven't seen your stream, why don't you give a brief introduction of what you do and how long you've been doing it and what keeps you going? Oh, man. Uh, so I am currently focused on streaming mostly. I do highlight videos on YouTube as well. Um, been doing it for probably some somewhere near to like 15 years now. Um I play a lot of MMOs. That's kind of my focus. So it's uh, got some good topics here today, some good juicy stuff. So on that, like the MMOs that we obviously have in common, Final Fantasy XIV uh, being one of them, what other MMOs, like just to highlight those who might not have might not have seen your content outside of fourteen, especially because of its dominance with Shadowbringers, like uh, what other MMOs, like as a highlight, if you were going to pick like a, a handful? Um, so I grew up on a, on a lot of free-to-play games, a lot of free-to-play MMOs. So... We've uh, we've got stuff like Maple Story and uh, Vindictus and stuff like that, um, and then up to like you know I dabbled a little bit in WoW and then mostly fourteen for the last six some odd years and now PSO two is coming to the West so I'm going to be playing a lot of that. Now you've been playing PSO two on the Japanese servers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played back in 2014 for about six months and then dropped off because I was like, I'll just wait for NA to come out. And then that was a pipe dream. And now NA's coming out. So I'm getting back into it to learn as much as I can. You and I have kind of like almost the, the like the polar opposite of that story. It was like, oh, right. Okay. It's out of Japan. Oh, NA is going to eventually come out. And then it was like, it started to dissipate. And then it's like, ah, if it's not coming to NA, you know, like I, it's going to, I just, I'll love it from afar, you know? And then it's, they, yeah. they announced it and I was like, all right, now I'm going to go play over in Japan so I can figure out like, you know, you got to learn this, as much as you can before it comes out. Just so I can come in, especially from a content creation perspective. That way I have a, like an inherent, like. Got to make your guides, man. Got to make gotta, those guides, dude. Got to get that, got to get that SEO. <laughs> um, so on that, uh, we, I just want to say that we do uh, want to thank, uh, you know, you for coming on. Uh, you guys can catch this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud cloud usually goes out on audio form a couple days after the video form which will you can find on youtube and here uh, on twitch after the fact uh, i do want to thank our uh channel members and twitch subscribers namely kenneth leland george and kyle thank you guys for your support of the channel and the podcast uh, that is what uh, is sponsoring this show today so if you guys missed our last show we had dm21 uh gaming talking about uh, kind of the state of blessed unleashed and temtem uh he is really playing that game a lot and enjoying it Oh yeah! Oh, dude, I really love that game. What's your main? Like, what? what which one did you pick? Is your starter? Uh, the Crystal. Oh, okay, I, I love Crystal. He's green. Well, of course, I'm gonna pick. I, I went with the mind. <laughs> I called mine Mindbender, so I don't know his true name, but I was just like, oh, it's the mental one. It starts with an H, I think. I don't so, remember. Yeah, something like that. But I love uh, Temtem. Chris Dovin. He like completely surpassed me in uh, in that game and all. 
So yeah, maybe we'll even talk about some Tempting Today. Also next week, guys, if you're interested, Avalon Star returns to the podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking probably with him, the state of Destiny and the state of Final Fantasy 14, because there's just sometimes a weird correlation that like I've even seen other people start to make that connection that a lot of Final Fantasy 14 players seem to also like Destiny. Not all. It's you know not encompassing, but two games that seem to go well together. They both have the same progression system, so they're pretty enticing. Yeah, and it's it gives you like that's where when somebody just plays one game, because I don't know if you see it on, on stream and that's where uh, we'll I'm teasing it out. But when we talk about the state of 14, it's inevitable, especially around the point two and point three time as a content creator. I get a lot of stuff. I get a lot of people just frustrated, like, and they are confused as to why. Like, they're frustrated. They're like, I had such a great experience with the game, and then now during the the, the kind of the, the transitional oh, wow. period till six, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I, and I get it. And maybe we'll talk about it because I've talked about it at, at length. I know a lot of people um, <laughs> they like to, to meme on me for it, and I'm happy to be memed on it. Because, uh, hey, it's a service that I provide. Um, so anyway, with that, uh, let's dive into Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, for the news, if those aren't aware, uh, it's been rumored for a while, but Horizon Zero Dawn is confirmed for a PC release this summer. And on uh, on Twitch, or sorry, Twitter, uh, a lot of people are frustrated. And I've, I take the stance that I think it's more shock. Like, I've seen people call them whiners and, and babies and, you know, et cetera, for PlayStation fans. I just think it's out of... Shock. I don't think Sony has prepared them for what is really changing in the market. And I don't know if Sony and themselves are prepared for the, the market shift, but I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll adjust just fine. Um, and I posted a video about it, but you said you watched a little bit of that video. What is your take on uh, a three-year-old quote-unquote exclusive? I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen lots of tweets saying false advertising, false advertising, false advertising. Uh, Tate, I'm going to give you the floor. I want to I want to get your thoughts, your perspective. And I'm, I'm sure I'm crazy, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I do own the game. Um, so here's my problem with that game specifically. Um, so I don't have like a huge opinion on the whole market or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like exclusives. I don't like console exclusives. Yeah, I I own every console, but I'd like the option to play it on whatever I want if that option is available. Um. So there are a couple games that come to mind when it comes to like PlayStation 4 specifically is Horizon Zero Dawn and Bloodborne. Yeah. Both run like absolute garbage on PlayStation. So the fact that Horizon's coming to PC excites the hell out of me and I own the game. Like I'm going to I'll buy it again for PC. That's totally fine for me because I'll get to experience it in this like ultra HD like great frame rate um and i'm a huge stickler for that kind of thing like i don't really care about the graphics or anything like that but if the frame rate's chugging along it's going to affect my ability to enjoy and play it um and both bloodborne and uh horizon both suffer from that issue a little bit um do you have a playstation 4 pro or just a normal playstation yeah i have a a pro okay cool Uh, i I just wanted to make sure that if mm -hmm. we're going to pair that that you're like i'm running the best version of playstation out there i i got a pro with an ssd i i got the ssd for like monster hunter world when that came out um so some of the arguments that i see that from from the fan base and, and again i like i get it from where they're coming from because i would argue that microsoft has been preparing xbox players for years with play anywhere like people were like oh play anywhere it's great that wasn't initially the majority reaction now when people thought about it they're like oh wait you mean i don't need to own an xbox to play microsoft games it has helped probably that microsoft hasn't released any games i mean let's just be real yeah like they they have really struggled this generation go ahead sorry well the fact that they also own windows 10 
it, it makes sense for them to release it on both Xbox and Windows 10 because those are their platforms. Here's what Microsoft needs to do. And this is what I really want them to do. They need to support PlayStation 4 controllers out the gate natively, just like they do Xbox. I think that would be a real positive step in what oh, Windows. Yeah. Yeah, right now, yeah. you have to do a, th- a third-party thing. People mm-hmm. want to use that. Here, and as a parent, um, I like my Xbox controller. It fits my hand perfectly. You know what works better for my kids? The PlayStation 4 controller. They're, they got smaller hands. They're children. I'm not making a comparison to anybody culturally here. I'm just saying that it works for them. And I wish that that was something that I could just hook up to the Xbox or the, or the Nintendo. Now, that's the future that I, I'm hoping for. Yeah, see, of, I like the I like the Switch Pro controller. That's my go-to. Where is mine? Like, oh, it's all downstairs because I've been playing a, a Mario Kart with Maddie in the evenings. Um, the, yeah, the Switch Pro controller. It's it's that's great. The only the controllers that suck are the, like out of all of them, the Stadia ones. They're okay. Like, you have a Stadia? Oh hell yeah, dude! Stadia works oh. fantastically because I'm also in a city. Uh, you know, it's like hands down. I've been actually playing 14 in the cloud since June 2019. Like it oh, nice. works amazingly. I'm See, on... I, I love that because I, I love uh, like Steam Link and stuff, playing my, my stuff on my phone, kicking back with it. The, uh, my, but, um... my other, uh, I have a, I got a Samsung phone that I've been using for development. And so I've got GeForce Now, uh, Shadow PC, Stadia. The only thing that I have yet to be approved for is xCloud. And mm. that is kind of where this conversation around um, like Horizon Zero Dawn is almost centered. Because the other thing I, I see people say is there's going to be no reason to own a PlayStation if their exclusives are also on PC. What What's your take with that? Because there is a financial investment that Sony has made in these studios because they are an exclusive. That's that's what the that's where I can see people making that argument. What do you think? Well, I feel like that's not entirely true because like one of the big perks to owning a console is not having to not having to like worry about future proofing it over the next like five years right Mm -hmm. with like a pc you've got to worry constantly about different parts and continuously putting money into that machine so it stays up to date whereas everything developed for a playstation or an xbox or any console in general is going to be optimized for that system specifically so you you end up paying a lot less in the long run and i feel like that's the main draw to a console that is i mean exclusive sell like that's that's very obvious but like I don't know. Nobody's buying a PlayStation three years later for Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, right. they, like if somebody bought a PlayStation today and was like, "Yes, finally, I can finally play Horizon," it's just like a little late, buddy. <laughs> See, my <laughs> my, my PS4 died, and that was like I'm not negative on Sony. I just it died at a, at a position where, assuming that the PS5 comes out this year, and that's where we need to put an asterisk by because. With global issues, we don't know. Like Xbox could be delayed, but more likely Sony would be delayed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, I was sitting here, I was like, well, I mean, it seems silly for me to run out and buy another PS4 when in like I think it was, you know, I was 15 months. Like it's 15, you know, it was about a, you know, a little, not a year ago, but it will be a year and some change from when I don't have a PS4 anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna wait for the PS5. Like it's. I could spend four hundred dollars and get a pro, or I could spend probably five hundred dollars and get a five, 
if I just wait. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to wait. Um, and that's why with 14 coming to Xbox, I'm thrilled because I we haven't we still our Xbox still runs, so my wife will come back to play 14. I'm going to buy me. I'm going to buy it on Xbox just to use the streaming to my phone just uh, entirely. Oh, for yeah, that. For, oh XCloud, and if XCloud comes to Switch, baby, 14 will in, inevitably have Switch uh, be on the Switch. Well, it's with, not even XCloud. They have a beta streaming service specifically just to stream Xbox to your phone, like in your home. Oh wow. Yeah, it's really nice. I've been using that a lot, just kicking back on the couch. The other thing I want to I want to kind of get your thoughts on because I think when people look at the exclusive selling consoles, that's true. That's mm-hmm. how it's been. That's not how it's going to be. You know, it's like when people make the argument, I always see it like you're telling me how the the industry was. How the industry is changing is you see services like Game Pass, you see services like PlayStation Now, and I would say PlayStation Now is going to be something that they set up to compete with Game Pass, I hope. At least that's what I'm rooting for. They've somewhat done it because they brought Horizon Zero Dawn to it. They brought God of War to it uh, in, in different limited things, I'm sure, to test uh, itself. Mm-hmm. But I could see them positioning it to where the reason why you would buy maybe a PlayStation is or a console is for that experience, like you you said. It's it's a, it's a, an affordable way to have a quality experience with gaming that you don't have to worry about upgrading every year. But... PlayStation Now is going to be how you are in the ecosystem. Xbox Game Pass is going to be how you're in the Microsoft ecosystem. Switch Online. Like, I see that more or less that people are going to be selling these kind of ecosystems of of games, of discounts, of whatever, uh, and allow you to stream in there. Uh, Microsoft just signed a deal with uh, Samsung. And why that's really significant is that not only is that going to put xCloud on every Samsung phone, um, that's also going to put xCloud on every Samsung TV. That's go- it's it's just going to be everywhere uh, that you are. You know, like you're going to just get up and you're going to be like, I feel like playing a game in, you know, outside today. <laughs> well, there you go. You have, you're no longer going to be tied. And I see that's where the, the, the industry is going to be shifting. That where, and obviously anytime I bring up cloud gaming, hands down, network architecture is, is, a, is, a, is a bottleneck. Data caps massive bottleneck my hope is is that with the with the demand with demand increasing that puts pressure on isps that changes that 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 shows investment more into that overall what, what's your take it seems like your dog's poking their head in my cat yeah <laughs> oh it's uh, a cat <laughs> yeah i got a couple of cats that are pretty rambunctious um yeah well somebody in chat just pointed it out and so i i actually just bought an xbox uh like last week you know, no particular reason, no specific MMO just got announced for it or anything. I don't know what you're talking about, but um, Unleashed, or are you talking about 14? I'm talking about PSO. Oh, PSO, got it, got it. <laughs> I bought an Xbox specifically for PSO too, even though it's coming to PC. It's going to be on Xbox for a little bit first, and the I'm, 17th. <laughs> I'm very excited, but um, so exclusives. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. Exclusives aren't going to be the console seller for quite a while, but somebody in chat pointed it out. Um, game pass is incredible um i don't i don't know anything about ps now i haven't used my playstation in quite some time but the xbox game pass like i got three months free with the xbox and i have been going ham on that i have been playing so much stuff through it and i think that's an awesome service i mean it's how how much is it it's like 15 a month or something like that yes and no so it, it has a couple different tiers the 15 a month is what they call ultimate which gets you gold so like you're playing online it also gets you pc 
So like on your PC, like they've got uh, it's Game Pass so that, you know, not all games are on Xbox and on, and on PC, et cetera, because it's like some of them are coded differently, like, a, you know, like an RTS or something like that. And you want to play, uh, you know, Age of Empires like that's on PC. So that is what it gets you for 15. Otherwise, okay. it's just 10, 10 dollars a month by itself. Last year as a promotion at E3, and so if you guys are on the fence, just wait till E3, and I know that it's probably canceled, but they're probably going to do some kind of promotion in which that you got to upgrade your existing Xbox Live Gold Time to Ultimate Time for $1. And so I got three years of Ultimate for $1, not $1 a month, for $1. And so that was something that was massive. We talked about it last year and they've been doing promotions in which that it's like, you'll find it for a dollar or $3 or what have you. So it's just insane. Yeah. yeah mine, mine came with three months for like a dollar or something like that. Cause... They advertise it with like a hundred games. And it's like, I think if you could look, it's, it's a large, it's, it's way larger than a hundred. I've seen it like probably in the upper, so 150 or maybe even 200 games that they like, the idea was like new releases. A lot of them are crazy new releases too. Well, Xbox uh, has said Microsoft committed that, and, and this is a leadership thing. So they've Microsoft isn't dictating to developers what they should do. They're leading and saying this is what we're doing and letting devs choose to follow. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is a great example of this, in which that they have this with the, with the Xbox. It's called smart delivery. It's a stupid marketing term. It just means if you buy a game in our ecosystem, you own that game. And that is how it is. You're not going to pay for upgrades. If you buy it on Xbox One, it's still an Xbox Series X game. And by, you know, it's like, it's just your game. And uh, and so they call that smart delivery and it's just marketing BS. It's like, but you know, if they, they put a label on it, fine. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're seeing that, but they're also, uh, they're also putting forth that all of their games are play anywhere. All of their games are in Game Pass Day One. And so that means Fable. That means Halo Infinity. That means Gears. That means et cetera. And that means that I don't think I will ever unsubscribe from this service <laughs> because this it's is fable. Is there a new fable game coming out? Uh, I can't confirm. I don't know if I want a new fable game. <laughs> um, I'm, I've got hopes. I think uh, I would say that if anything else, um, you're going to, we'll learn about it really soon. So, okay. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. So it's been in the works. Uh, we'll have to, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Like at the end of the day, I, I love the classic fable. That's one of my favorite games. So, I mean, the, the, uh, the gamer in me, the 14 player in me, like, I hope that if they do a fable, like they announce it, it's a multiplayer, like games as a service game. Like it's just something that's going to evolve and, uh, and grow. Like I, that's the, that's what draws me in. That's why I keep coming back to 14. That's why I keep mm-hmm. coming back to these MMOs. Always new content. Yeah. Well, and F- fantasy star online too. The here, like let's jump into, into that for a little bit, because I think we both kind of agreed. Like ultimately I, I think, uh, that PlayStation gamers that are upset about, uh, horizon zero dawn are in the right, because I don't think Sony has prepared them for this change. Uh, and I, people have unsubbed to me because I've been saying, guys, it's coming to PC etc. That's fine. I get it. You know, it sucks to kind of to hear it for the first time, but I think they'll come back as soon as they're like, oh, okay, this isn't a bad thing. This isn't the the, the be all end all. I just, I think that brand loyalty is really stupid. (laughs) I think that's the worst because you're not like there, a company's going to do what's in its best interest as far as financial decisions go they don't care about the one person who's going to get angry that it's on another console. They're, you know, you've already paid. You've, you've they've got your money. They, they do not care. Well, do you think it's false advertising? Because if they say it's like, cause on the box for horizon zero, you know, horizon zero dawn, it says only on PlayStation. 
I mean, it's not the first time this has happened, but this is the biggest stink I've ever seen about it. Well, I, the, the people who are making the false advertising, like you go have to go look at the law, like because it's like they're making an emotional argument and try to present it that it's a legal one. And it's that you would have to prove at the time, knowingly and with with intent to deceive that they were trying to advertise falsely. So like three years ago, Sony was saying, all right, guys, here's the plan. We're going to tell them it's only on PlayStation. And then three years are going to go by. And then it's not, you know, it's like they didn't know three years ago that that was the plan. So it's like you, but the, you'd have to have evidence of the fact. And so that was just kind of the argument that I was, I was, right. I was giving them. I, I don't get it. I, I don't know why people are upset about it. You're, I just, I don't know. You enjoyed it three years ago. Now people can enjoy it today. You know, the uh, it, it, it's just a, it's, it's like, again, I, I, I think it's shock. I think it's that they're caught off guard because like, this is how it used to be, how consoles used to sell mm -hmm. the console wars mean something to them. Um, and it's fun. I think the console wars have always been fun. It's fun to rag on each other. I've always kind of liked to root for the underdog. So like back when the PS3 was like the worst, like that's where I was like, oh man, Sony's actually doing really good things. Like they're making changes. The reason you want to be subscribed is you get free games. You know, like mm -hmm. they're doing things and that competition I think is needed. And the worst thing that could happen is Sony decide to get out of gaming or if Microsoft decided to get out of gaming or if Nintendo, like I don't think Nintendo will, whatever. They're, they're just... They're just off doing their own thing, kind of like they're in their own sandbox. They're just kind of like, we're, we're just doing our thing. Um, but I think that competition, the reason, the best thing that happened to Xbox was Sony kicked its ass um, this last generation. And it forced them to say, like, what are we about? Like, what are we going to do? And then it's in their best business interest. And then at the same time, that business interest also hopefully aligns with the, cons with the consumer demand and what, what gamers have been wanting for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. In the long run, so Fantasy Star Online two. Let's 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 shift topics a little bit because like that's something we both love. Uh, okay. Content, you know, we talk about Fable and hopefully that I think it'd be great as a game as a service game. The thing that we have both of us with Fantasy Star Online two, we already have a roadmap that's proven. You know, like we're getting episode four, and we already know there's more. There's already more episodes. There's more classes. There's there is a roadmap of content that the game is going to receive for several years. Uh, to get us to at least where Japan is today, and who knows, like if they continue to support the game in Japan, I would I would be surprised if they don't. We've, they've actually talked about it already. Right. Um, I believe they plan to go up to episode seven uh, and support the game for another four to five years in JP right now. Um, who knows if that'll continue going within the next few years? But they've talked about it, yeah. So it's like for me, like as a player who waited and the only reason i went and played is from the content creation perspective but we've seen a lot of people thinking the community's already established over in japan they're just going to stay over there i think that if nothing yeah like i've i've content creation gives me like a high level end of uh you know i get a, a ton of different different opinions so it's really yeah. fun for me to try to no, i get it yeah people people come into like twitch chat all the time and talk about that kind of stuff but yeah the um so it's like as far as it goes though the um the end of the day, like, I think this is the best thing for the game itself. Why are you as a player going to make that transition to North America? Why as you as a player went and bought an Xbox for this? And why should, I, would you make that case to other gamers or are you just a rare exception? I think I'm definitely probably a rare exception. You're exceptional. <laughs> so, but talk to me about Fantasy Star Online 2. Why is it great? Why <sighs> should people play it? Um... 
It's got big anime. No, just <laughs> it's uh, it's good. It's, it's got jingle physics. <laughs> it does. It's it's a little little. There was um, I don't know if you if you've seen the old uh, JP Beta clip. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the character creation from JP Beta like eight years ago. It was so funny. Oh my gosh. But, um. So PSO two is this just this incredible game. I, I, a lot of people have played PSO growing up. A lot of people played it on Dreamcast, on GameCube, on Xbox, what have you. Um, maybe they played Universe or something. Maybe they played Episode One and Two, uh, or Four. Um, but it's it's just this like legendary series at this point. And when PSO two got announced and they were talking about MMOs, I was so excited. And I remember back in 2012. Um, they were at PAX and had an English release planned at yeah. PAX. It was on the website said, for the longest yeah, time. They, they, that's that's where that's why PSO2.com exists is because of that uh, PAX um, display. They just had a section for it. Sega, Sega put them up and they were like, yeah, it's coming out in 2012. We're bringing it to NA in 2012. And then radio silence for eight years. <laughs> we got nothing. And to the uh, point where, like, I'd randomly go check out the site, and it's like they've quietly taken off the NA release mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, it's brought by, like, the reason why it's coming here to the West is because Microsoft's Phil Spencer said that they, and he teamed up with Sega to bring it here and then said it's also available to come to PlayStation and other platforms. I really, like, I, I'm assuming well, it's when... on every platform in JP. Yeah, it runs like, on Switch, it runs on PlayStation, PC... Well, they use like a cloud version for mm-hmm. some consoles, like Vita and Switch both use cloud versions, I believe. Oh, absolutely. That's actually the strength of the cloud is that, you know, like all of a sudden you're sitting here like, hey, you can play this game. Anywhere. I think once I think cloud gaming is going to be an insane leap in the future once the infrastructure is laid down in yeah. there. Because right now it's just not it's not readily available to everybody is the only issue. What's interesting is like if you go back in time and you actually study uh, technological adaption uh, is that there's a kind of the the early adopters and then there's mass adoption and then you kind of get the last percent and that usually happens over a period span of ten years. So I'm early- still waiting on VR, man. I need that mass adoption. Um, I think, oh, good luck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oh, yeah. I have VR, and honestly, the, the biggest mis- the regret I have with VR is I didn't get the Quest. And the reason is, is that, like, and it's only because when I look at my life, and it's not to say that VR can't work, it's just when I evaluate it, like, I, the Quest would, uh, would allow me. a lot of time and, and resources to it. And as a parent, I don't have a lot of time and resources where with the Quest, I could take it to friends' houses. I could play it downstairs. We could toss it up on the, like, there's so many other options. That, and so in hindsight, because I was doing some VR development, I was like, okay, you know, time to go and dive in. And then it's like, oh, from a gaming perspective, hmm, this would have been better if I just invested in the quest same price so it's like in hindsight that's my that's yeah. that's what I put out a video on everybody's like am, you're done on VR big, I'm ahead. a big connoisseur of VR so I know exactly what you mean I own a quest I own a, a vibe I own an index are I you just, I are you getting VR. the half-life mm, yeah it came with my index I'm very oh. excited about it I'm excited for you I can't wait <laughs> to get your thoughts on that because like, I've seen some stuff I think yeah. the thing with VR and the thing with cloud very similar in terms of I can show you a video but it's nothing like until you go hands-on. When I talk about cloud and people get upset is because in their mind, they're thinking, I don't want to play with lag. And I go, I don't either. That was my first experience with like, I think it was, I think it was PlayStation Now when it first launched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they had the cloud streaming for like older games. or so. I tried to play like Nino Cooney or something when it, when the, when the PS Now launched and it was miserable. I just had the worst experience. 
and I, I had pretty good internet at the time, but I, you know, it being new, they had a lot of stuff to work out, I'm sure. And, it, and it's been a, a long period of time. And so like when you go hands on with cloud gaming and you're like, there is no lag here. Like I'm pressing the button and they're responding. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that they're working to make it even faster with predictive uh, <laughs> with AI to so that it's going to render like all the possibilities and then deliver to you that experience. It's just going to be, I think people are going to be really excited about it because uh, I, I think the other resistance to it, like there's, there's issues, right? We, we need to talk ownership. We need to talk just how this is going to work with the, within the gaming economy. There's things that gamers have to fight for because we could lose, we could lose our rights, you know, our rights for our, like owning our game and, you know, things like that. And I'm, I think those are valid concerns. Okay. That'll that's, be, a, that's a big issue with like uh, Nintendo stuff. Nintendo, back. especially for as great as their games are, man, like they are just. You brutal. lose any semblance of your account and all your games are just gone. Done. Bye. You know, yeah. sorry. Thanks for playing. Bye again. We're Nintendo. You um, can't have them on more than one console. It's awful. It's really bad. Yeah. The, um, and so, but like outside of like the, the DRM and ownership, it's that you're going hands on and you're like, holy crap, like this is actually working and then it kind of frees you i was sitting down with a lot of former gamers like a lot of my family were avid gamers some are doctors one works in an er uh and he and i was sitting here i was like yeah and he's like uh like he always likes to hear what people are playing because he still has that passion and i was like oh yeah like i was playing this game and i was on stadia and he's like what what's stadia and i go oh uh, you know you just if you got the internet you just play the game you don't have to up like when i said you don't have to update it and it's free uh he was like that sounds amazing. Like I just have to buy the game. Like, yeah. And he's like that, that's exactly what I want because like, he doesn't have to go make an investment like in a console because he knows that he's probably not going to have the time that he wants, but he would totally buy the game. And so cloud gaming, I think from an, an initial adoption is going to try to appeal to the, the fallen away gamers who are tired of upgrading their PC, who are not able to go out and buy a console because it just doesn't make sense. Like when they run the numbers, they're like, why would I spend $500 for something I'm going to play, you know, an hour or two a month, you know, it's like, no, but all of a sudden you're like, just pay 60 and you can stream the game wherever you are. As long as you have the internet, then there you go. And so then hopefully that, you know, it draws in more people, more people, more money, more investment, um, hopefully solves the issues that are obviously present. Um, back to fantasy star though, because obviously yeah. it runs on, um, you know, switch via the cloud. I think that's kind of where we got on that tangent. Somebody did correct me. The Vita version uses a cartridge, but the switch is the cloud. Yeah, the Switch is uh, the, the the cloud version. Um, it like it's so awesome for me to kind of jump back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came from Fantasy Star, the original, like on on Dreamcast. That was my introduction to the online RPG, and fell in love. My dad went above and beyond because it only ran on dial up on Dreamcast when it first happened. But we had broadband. That game was so ahead of its time. It, so ahead of its time that it's so frustrating when a game launches <clears throat> uh, and it completely doesn't understand what a looter is about. Like it's a, you know, it's, yeah, it's an online RPG, but it's about, there's a loot aspect and they have this so well done, so mm-hmm. thought out that it's, it frustrates me that games come out today that have been influenced by it. Destiny's been heavily influenced by Fantasy Star, but then mm-hmm. you have other games that is like, man, whew, you know, like, like just go out and play this game guys and you'll get it, you know, just figure it out. And fantasy star only two takes it with the upgrades. Like, like I, I, the thing I argued, I was like, every drop has value to me. The value is going to range, but I'm never finding loot that I'm like, you know, I'm just like, give it all. 
I'm going to use it to upgrade. I'm going to sell it. Like there's always something that I can choose to do with it. Where in Anthem, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to take 10 feet to go run over and pick up that color because it has no value to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like that is that should never happen. Everything that oh, drops. I mean, that, that does happen in PSO2, I think. Oh, yeah. Do you, when you get to point? a certain point. Well, what um, what like point I, is that? I don't pick up anything that's not red, basically. If, okay. it's, if it's not. So I basically ignore everything that's lower than nine star or yeah. lower than 10 star because at that point, it's like I'm not getting anything out of it. Yeah, I could pick it up and I could vendor it, but I'm already making millions off of other things. How many hours of investment d- did it take to get to that point? well i mean i've only really been heavy back into the game for maybe the last couple last i'm gonna say two and a half weeks or so Mm -hmm. but total hours like are you at 50 hours 100 hours you know what would you probably probably about around 50 to 100 on the character i'm playing right now yeah okay cool cool um well that's actually interesting to hear because like i've i had that different i have a a totally different experience but obviously yeah at some point you're like well Oh yeah, well, I, I've definitely dabbled in Endgame. Um, I've got a ninety-five character. I'm working on multiple other classes, getting those to cap. And why? Why fun. play multiple characters? Mul- multiple characters or multiple classes? Well, I, both. Like, why? Because you get well, three multiple classes. Just because. Well, well. First off, in in PSO two, there are titles in the game for doing a lot of different things. Uh, there are titles for getting all of the base classes up to seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those titles gives you permanent stats to your character across all your classes. So getting all of your classes to 75 is extremely beneficial just for, for you know, a, a stat per- perspective because mm-hmm. you, get, you get more out of it. Multiple characters. So here's actually something beautiful about PSO2 that a lot of people don't know. Alts are extremely, extremely good to have in PSO2. Um, so your titles are across your entire account. A lot of the cosmetics you get are across your entire account as well. Um, so I don't think we're going to start out with them, but there are a class of jobs in that game called successor jobs, mm-hmm. where once you get two level 75 characters, you unlock three other jobs, which are Hero, Phantom, and Etoile. Those, you can start as those on your alts if you have them on your main. Oh, that's you can awesome. Just, that you can is just awesome. immediately start. And they're strong. So you're going to have an easier time leveling and getting stuff done on your alt. So your alts also get dailies and weeklies just like your main does, and you can make millions of in-game currency just by running them on your alts every day. Are you able to trade between your alts and your, like, mm-hmm. yeah, et cetera? you just bank them. What about your uh, your mags? Are you able to trade mags between your characters? I don't know. I mean, I could literally hop on right now and tell you. Because <laughs> I was uh, somebody asked me that, and I was like, actually, I don't know. I've never thought about trading my, my I'm, mags. I'm literally I'm logging in as we speak just okay. to find out. Cool. All right. We'll find the answer can... live on the show today. Um, the, <laughs> I was one... wondering that, too, because I've got, I've got four mags for each stat, and I'm just like... Oh, that's like... incredible. See, because that's one of the things that, like, when building out a free, like, just if you're going to have a free experience, you can have three yeah, characters. Yeah, if you're going completely free, it's a little more rough as far as mags go especially because mm-hmm. you can only have one mag if you're going completely free right unless they you have get... like I'm, I'm wondering if they'll have like events or anything because they're doing a battle pass system on na yeah they are that's that's the thing i'm very interested well, in that. it's something they also have some kind of i sorry they might be doing a battle pass which would be cool the uh but i think what i, I can what i thought i heard was that the game pass so xbox game pass is working with pso2 and I, I think it gets you some storage. Who knows if it's going to get you any other other things? I think that's going to be ultimately that would be actually that would make a lot of sense because we're not getting the mobile games in NA. We're not getting PSO2 ES. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and linking that with your account actually gets you another 100 to 300 slots of storage. So that would make a lot of sense if that was just a Game Pass thing. Okay, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to wait to see. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because it's the 17th. It's next week. Uh, same next time. Next Tuesday. Yeah. I have raids. I had yeah. a raid in Final Fantasy um, at that exact time, and I talked to my group into rescheduling that day just so I could play PSO2 on launch. Oh, man. That, that, that's, a, that's a true fan there. On, on the concept of, of raids in Fantasy Star Wars, you looked that up. Um, obviously, yeah, let's talk about raiding within 14 because some people have asked me, like, hey, how's the endgame in PSO versus 14? I go, it's different. Um, it's very it's very different yeah <laughs> you know and it's like yeah it's different i wouldn't expect that you're gonna sit here and say oh it's the exact same thing i think 14 has a beautiful curated uh raid structure in with the uh the current version of uh you know the eden raids uh what what do you think about eden as a as a, as a raid series and what do you think about the, the current state of savage rating um so i really like this tier i think it's one of the better tiers we've gotten in quite some time most lore filled in my mind but yeah 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 the lore in the in the raid series haven't been very strong up to this point we had coil and that was kind of uh you know it was the first my cat's going crazy my (laughs) it was kind of the first uh thing in that regard and then um the next two raid series were just like okay whatever the story is it's there it doesn't matter also you cannot transfer your mags for sure yeah i didn't think you would because i was like you get three characters you get three mags and it's like it was, if you could transfer them it's like i made my three characters i dropped my three mags onto my main that's true you know yeah, and that way i can true. have my three stats that i'm shooting i for. never thought of that actually four stats so yeah there's different four different mag builds that mm-hmm. ultimately you want and somebody was asking me like why do you not want to focus in on armor it's like it's a game where you can dodge you can not take damage and so if you dodge oh, yeah. You don't need to worry about that. You can focus. If you're good at the game, you won't need armor, you know? (laughs) So that's where it's like, if you suck, like, all right, here's my, here's my, I'm tired of getting hit. Well, I mean, end game is like a lot of the end game in PSO2 is very much. If you get hit by one attack, you're probably dead. It's, it's rough. Like the, the ultra hard difficulty really ramps it up. That's awesome. I love that. I love that kind of concept. I wish that we would see something of a scaling difficulty when it comes to to the end game within 14 and not necessarily the savage i have long we asked SCP about this we we're all out at the media tour um savage had, plus or something like that well it was yeah. that like yeah we called it savage plus it was just that i would love a way that like you could run a dungeon and it was like on a weekly rotator and every time you beat the dungeon the dungeon levels up you know you can keep yourself locked but it's like let's say like savage raiders ultimate raiders could get to, to plus 100 and then like maybe i would get to plus 10 or plus 15 like but i'm always going to have that that challenge and then you you tack on the heaven on high uh, scenario system in which you have modifiers that can be applied so that like as you go further and further into like into your quest of that you know that it's going to find the challenge that's right for you you know, yeah. so you're going to because like right now, like I, people are like, oh, yeah, like I avoid I, I can't do the extreme. Like I've been playing this game for 10 years. The mm-hmm. extreme roulette, like I avoid because I just don't want to be mad at the game because it's like I just can't do it. Like it, I've done it before and it's kind of like, well, you know, once more into the breach. But like there's other things that I'd rather do to earn my in-game currency. And the only yeah. thing that. Uh, I want to do right now is do the ocean fishing. <laughs> maybe diadem. Maybe I haven't. I haven't logged in. Today. I've, I've been in diadem for the last since it launched. I've been running around diadem. What it's do you think cool. about it? Third time's a charm. It's uh, they made it useful, finally, and that's about it, really. 
I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Um, if if you like gathering in Final Fantasy fourteen, you'll like Diadem. If yeah. you don't, then you'll hate Diadem. I like that it's also connected to the Ishgardian restoration. So there's demand beyond just the curiosity of the of the material and the um, blasting people with cannons. Uh, mm. There is a like a market demand, so that going in there is going to to yield a value to you, uh, especially if you're looking to to gather and make a lot of money and a lot of profit on on the content itself. So back to back to Savage and and the and that rating. So you rescheduled obviously uh, for this week because of Fantasy Star Online too. But um, we talked a little bit about the lore and how it is. But um, like, what what what's your read? Because obviously this is kind of in the in the mm. in between before the expansion. What would you what what do you say to your chat? What kind of mood is your chat coming in with the raids? Uh, I mean it's it's positive. Um, so. A little bit of background on my rating. Yeah, um, I am I am a very hardcore raider in fourteen. Um, I clear within the top fifty groups usually. For ultimate, we placed thirty first or something like that's that. Maybe that's I think, awesome. I think it was thirty ninth. Okay. And then this time, I think we placed in top twenty five. Maybe maybe we were twenty six uh, for for the for this Eden tier. Um, so you know, raids pop. We go at it for sixteen hours a day until it's down. Um, we downed it on day four this time around because they were hard. They were a lot harder than we expected them to be. Yeah. Um, so it took about two days longer than we expected it to take, which is good. I think that's good. Um, so there comes something with the hardcore, or not hardcore, but Savage Raids this time around where at first glance, things look a lot harder than they actually are because now that a couple of weeks have gone by, people have studied the raids a lot more. People have come up with better strats and the fights are a lot easier than we thought they were basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, outside of like, I, I think sick or E5 Ramu and E8 are both extremely good, difficult fights. Um, those are very, very good. I still like the other two. Um, I still really like six and seven, but they have been figured out and become so brain dead simple that most groups can go in and clear them in like their first day of trying if they really wanted to. Talk to um, me about that process though. Like you guys are going at it for 16 hours. What keeps you, what keeps you going? What, how, uh, like you're in a pre-made, you know, so that helps because it okay. like, you know, my curse has always been, I've been able to find five to six people who want to do it. And then we have to pug it. And then it just like it's you get three attempts, and then you're like, and then you got to always start over with another, mm-hmm. yeah, pug. And it's like, well, you know, like it just ends up being where, all right, like I'll I'll do this maybe. <laughs> so yeah, how, what was the mood? Talk to me about your your preparation and and, uh, and 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 how you how you go sixteen hours. Well, so generally, as far as the group goes, is uh, within like six to three months before the fight even comes out, we've generally got a group planned. We'll we'll reach out to people, and. You know, well, that's the biggest. I think that's the hardest part of raiding is finding seven other people to raid with. Mm-hmm. Um, it all it always is, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, once you find those people, you know the people that are willing to go, willing to take time off work, time off uh, school, or what 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 have you, depending on how old they are, um, to do these upwards of a week worth of raids. Um, you know, you get together, and then you know what keeps you going is just down you you know you want to kill it you want to get it down um we most people at that level of the game play specifically to play at that level of the game like we we pretty much pay 15 dollars a month to raid um like even now like i'm i'm raid logging in final fantasy 14 which is when you just log in raid log out like that's when whenever you get your scheduled raids you hop on to them and then you you stop playing 
and that's fine um and i'm okay with paying 15 dollars a month to do that that's that's my content in the game mm -hmm. um so what keeps you going is just every day you make it further and further you get the satisfaction of getting closer and closer to that kill and you finally down it and you scream like a bunch of idiots great <laughs> so on that like i'm curious though it's like because um as far as it goes would would the game or should the game offer you more reasons to play i don't think it, i i don't think so I, I think the game is set in its way of the thing is me as a raider if it just gave us more raid content i i feel like i might get exhausted mm -hmm. um on one hand but on the other hand i would love always having something to look forward to you know um which is you know every three months we get a new raid and not this time around because ultimate is i think coming out at the end later end of the patch what do you think about that because i actually like i i'm 100 agree with, with you i think that it's like yoshi p's continual drumbeat is play other games like you know like we're gonna keep doing these things take a break and go enjoy life yeah. well that's I, I actually talked to somebody in my twitch chat just yesterday about that is they were just talking about how um let me remember exactly how it was worded but they were just basically talking about how they weren't having as much fun as when the expansion launched and it's like yeah that's just they 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 were also talking about how they don't feel rewarded as someone who plays constantly um, whereas, you know, in PSO2, you play constantly, you're, you're always getting something out of it. You're always progressing your character or making mm -hmm. money. Um, whereas in, in Final Fantasy 14, the only thing you're really rewarded for playing constantly is like, once you cap for the week, once you've done your raids for the week, you don't have a reason to play anymore. Right. Um, unless you're crafting or gathering and, you know, you can make guild that way, but there's not much to spend it on, you know, there's not really a whole lot of reason to make a whole lot of gill in Final Fantasy 14. I, I call it the, uh, the the crafter leaderboard. It's that, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Chris has been just making bank. And it, he's just doing it because he sets out a goal. And he's like, I'm going to see if I can make 50 million gil or something like that. And then he's like, yeah. I'm going to go about and doing that. Fine. And that's if it. That's, that's a, it's fun a, for you. Yeah. yeah, if that's fun for you, enjoy it. Love it. You're getting more content out of your $15 a month than I am. So <laughs> I can't I can't rag on you. No, no, and that's where it's like we have similar similar advice in that regards because I, I have described um, you know fourteen as one one if not the best Final Fantasy game um, and an okay MMO. You know, it's like when you look at it because people yeah. want that that they they want to live in that persistent world. And I go, there's a few things that they could do, but I don't know if they will. And when talking with Yoshi P, it's like I think it's a matter of like understanding as a developer to a developer the limitations within the system and the resources that that are placed and i think that for what they can do and what they do do it's an incredible uh piece of content they they put out just my like the fact that shadowbringers is like one of the best rated games for 2019 on metacritic speaks to what they're what they're doing and that story and i go when you're burned out when you're tired take a break the story will be will come back and typically the 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 biggest time for the game is the one month after the expansion launched and the three months prior to the expansion launching. Because it's people who've taken breaks, come back, they get caught up on all the story and then they just plow into the next expansion and then just absorb that story like it is a standalone Final Fantasy game. And I think that's why them moving Ultimate to the last patch is genius. I think that's good. If we're going to get two Ultimates in an expansion, I would rather it be at the later end when the lull hits. Because if you take any... If you take anything from uh, Stormblood last expansion, 
it's that the end of the expansion was awful if you actually wanted to play the game. There was absolutely nothing to do. We had nine months of a Savage tier, and that was it. That's all we had. Mm-hmm. So I think moving the Ultimate to the to the later end is definitely a good idea. I it mean, gets... I still wish we got three Ultimates because, yeah. you know, what I do. But yeah. if we have to get two, then that's the better way to do it. For yeah, sure. I, and that's what I, I, I definitely sympathize with those who are frustrated by it because I was like, I'm with you. Like, I think I would love, love it. I'm not an Ultimate Raider, and yet I think that content is important. I think Savage content is important. I think one change that I would love to see made is that I wish that all the gear that dropped out of dungeons, at least maybe with the exception of the current expansion, was tradable and enhanceable. Because I think that, like, I want to see more player economy. I want to see more reasons and more options for the play, like, for things to happen. Imagine, you know, like, when people look at the glamour system and wanting to run a specific dungeon for a specific look, I think that would be great if somebody had the option to say, oh, I can go buy that. Or I can go run that, you know, like, okay, what's mm-hmm. your choice in, in, in choosing the content? Thus, if you happen to get that dungeon or you want to go farm that up because there's a big demand for the set from this tier. Like, I think that's something where from a player economy perspective, I wish there was a greater emphasis on it because my critique, like I have all my crafters at cap. I have almost all my gatherers at cap. I've been doing it through the dailies and stuff like that just to see like, yeah, okay. Like I'm, I am, I'm hell bent on not hating the game. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, burnout can cause people to be angry at it. And it's like, no, like, it's just like, all right, I'm going to play. And I, and my, my whole thing is like, it's all about investment. Uh, I can't, I I struggle with uh, the relic system because I know it's going to become glamour. I struggle with like doing some of these things. That's everything in the game though, right? Like everything becomes relevant. Not everything. Leveling your your classes, leveling your crafting and leveling your gathering is actually the, the best form of horizontal like investment. Yeah. So that I invested my time into that, that prepares me for the next. Um, yeah. It does get easier. So again, I'm not like killing myself to do so. Um, you know, and I so now I, I respect people who can. Like people who are like, I hit all my 80s by September. Like you are incredible. Like I hope you had a good time. And hopefully you're not at this point hating the game. My concern's always been with the players like in that regards who aren't having fun. And they, they, be, they are the most passionate supporters of the games and then they flip on a on a dime and then they're the most avid attackers of the games and they're like this game sucks i can't believe i like it and they get they're angry and it's like i'm just in my mind trying to set the expectation of like what the game is and yes i would love it to be more i would love more reasons to go in and you know spend more time than just like here's a couple of things that i do on a weekly week by week basis but it is what it is and that's where fantasy star in its and it's as a comparison draws me closer to itself right now. That's the that thing. Game that, is a grind. It's you a grind. It's a grind, but from an, from an adult as a, uh, a parent, like I I've always, and I've said this once we started having kids, I was like, I'm not going to be first anymore. Like in this content, there's just oh, no yeah. way that I'll be in the top 50 or a hundred. But if I can put an, if I can hit that, check that box a little, put, you know, ring that bell a little bit every day, I'll get there. I'm the tortoise in the tortoise and the hare scenario. And I'm fine with that. Fantasy star online gives me the tortoise ability. Final fantasy 14, destiny Two, season of the dawn, like final fantasy 14. wants everybody to be the tortoise is the problem with it. You know, yeah. nobody can be the hare. I mean, you, you be the hare and then you just sit there waiting for the tortoise and you get upset. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, that's why I actually do appreciate that fantasy star online yeah. too lets people be the hare 
but it also lets me continue to invest my time yeah and you, i'll get you there still make really nice progress by playing casually in pso2 mm -hmm. you know you, you could still do your dailies and weeklies and, and slowly level up while also making a handful of money and you'll be ready and then when you hit end game you can grind a little bit it's the kind of game where you could just hop on play a little bit hop off you know yeah. you don't have to play it all the time i think that's what i'm really excited about for fantasy star online 2 and for 14 coming to xbox is it's going to open it up to more people that have wanted to play the game than i can now play with fantasy star online mm -hmm. 2 for for sure but even 14 my wife's planning on returning my brother's like he only has an xbox you know it's like yeah like let's go and play this game together and i think that it's about playing for me it's it it where before it was about being first or trying to be the best. Now it's about playing with my family, playing with my friends, playing with the people that I care about. And it's, that's just the transition from like having people that require me, <laughs> require me to function and to live right now. When, when they become, when they go off on their own, I guess, I hope that I'll, I'll have the drive to be able to like, let me get back into the, in the scene oh, yeah. and be as hardcore as I possibly can. Um, you know, but that's, that's just where I, where I fall on it. Um, so, like, what are you looking forward to with uh, with five three? Like, so ultimate's not here. We're not getting. There's not a new tier of savage. Like, what what do you do in that in that period of time so that you enjoy your time and that you also don't come off going like ah. Well, so five three. The only thing we know for sure is that we're getting a new twenty four man, and that's about it. Um, I am excited for it because we've gotten the hint for what it is, and I'm a very big near automata fan. So that's exciting. Um, it's going to bring my favorite area into the game to 14, and that's going to be really cool. Um, but other than that, I mean, maybe a new beast tribe, maybe. Like, I don't know. I'll just work on my beast tribes, and then I'll play other games. That's it. I'll do my weekly chores, and then I'll play other games. How long do your weekly chores normally last you right now? Uh, so I raid twice a week with my – like I, I do my hardcore group. Um, and then we clear, you know, in the first week and then we just buy, it was nice raiding with you see in like nine months. Um, and then I have my casual group known as nest. Uh, they're big on YouTube. They do their own thing and we all just, we hang out and, and be idiots together and it's great. And we get together twice a week for about three hours a night. Um, so that's, you know, that I wouldn't call that a chore, but it's, you know, it's a weekly activity I can do in the game. Um, go ahead. Sorry. But other than that, you know, just doing the daily beast tribes and doing my cact pot and you know all that you, you log in for maybe like an hour a day so um are you are you bringing any of your raid squad over into fantasy star online too with you like is that some, is fantasy star a good transition or a good uh game no. to pair with 14 no i i they're very different um as far as progression goes and how you play because you know 14's got its whole eight man raid system whereas pso2 is just kind of hop in with four you know you get a party of four and you just grind content and hope you get good drops you know there's not really much to schedule out there's not really much to get a raid group together for or anything like that in that game you just kind of do content as it pops up and enjoy yourself so what other games do you then marry with that uh with the relationship with five three right so you're gonna you know you have a set time that you're going to play that game great mm -hmm. Like what other games do you do you kind of then target to to do that? Especially as a content creator, streamer, both for YouTube and for Twitch. Uh, talk to me about that that whole process for you. So uh, Stormblood was a lot easier to answer that with because I just played fourteen. We had Eureka, 
which was not the most well-received content, but as a content creator and a streamer, being able to hop into this map and just lose my mind grinding shit, uh, stuff, sorry, <laughs> for like four hours uh, and just turn my stream on and grind for four hours was fantastic. It was the best content I could have asked for. And I mean, that's kind of what Diadem is right now, but on a less interesting scale, you just kind of run in and gather for a few hours. And that's cool. Um, I'm interested to see what the new Relic stuff is going to be because we're getting that in what, like a, probably like a month or something like that. I don't think we have a confirmed date. Yeah, 2-5, which is going to be uh, the Blades of Gunhildr. Uh, mm-hmm. It kicks off with the trial, which is a really interesting. That's exciting to see. That'll uh, that'll be nice to stream. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to see how it, it evolves because I think from uh, like the Eureka content, what that that did for me is it actually made me go play Eleven because I mm-hmm. realized how much I missed that content and I was frustrated by how it was implemented, namely because like you have a timer, like there was just things that I was like, if I could have, uh, if I could be in queue for PvP, I would be in this content every day. If I could level my own. If it wasn't instanced, basically. If it wasn't an instance. And so my hope, and I don't want to, you know, this is a far, you know, this is a far-fetched stream. I have no insight whether they're doing this or not. But my hope with World Visit is that they spin up this exploration content and treat it like it's its own server. You just go to this and it puts you into this world that is just that you're visiting just like you would any other server on the thing. And that world has different rules uh, in which that it operates on. So the enemies are harder and et cetera. You're not just running out in the open world. Cause I was like, gosh, if this was just out in the world, that's a really be- interesting idea. I like that. I've never heard that before. As a techno from a technological perspective, like my biggest, uh, my biggest concerns are with the technical debt with 14. And that all comes from how it came out to be. And that's what, when I talk about like the issues with the game, I go, the reason why you're frustrated isn't because the devs aren't listening. It's because they want to, and it's just not going to turn around in six, like some things they can't. We need Final Fantasy 14 2 to come out. And that's (laughs) the, and that's the ultimate question. Are they doing that? You know, um, not anytime soon. I I don't think anytime soon. I know, you know, and I wish, you know, I wish they would like say uh, here because like I wouldn't want people to lose access to Heaven's Word or Shadow Shadowbringers. Um, mm. But they're do- redoing the five three, like the with five three, the kind of the story and how that's going to work. So they're going to do what they can, and it, we, we just all hope that it's what the community ultimately is going to be excited yeah. about. And it's hard because the community has grown large and it's very diverse and thus you end up very vocal too yeah and you end up having more opportunities for drama and i i look back at viera i think you know like man that could have been go ahead i think one thing 14 has going for it is that it's a lot of people's first mmos so like people who people like me who grew up on like free-to-play mmos that are really grindy and always had you doing something Mm -hmm. um they i feel like they're almost better off for not having grown up on that and getting used to it uh gotten used to it rather but um, cause they, they can enjoy this and play at a more casual level. I, I feel like final fantasy 14 is the kind of game where the better you are at it, the less you have to do. Um, not the less you have to do, but the less you need the to less, do. Yeah. The less you need to do, I guess mm-hmm. you don't, you don't spend as much time on it. The better, it, yeah. the better you are. Like I, I go in and I, and I, I, I do something like, cause just to how my schedule works, similar to what you have with rating, I schedule dedicated game time you know it's like yeah. and it's on my calendar i was doing sundays and mondays um i've have to have now canceled sundays and monday nights is my dedicated game time we call that community game night but that's mm-hmm. essentially where it's like i have a goal that it, that i'm going to reach by the end of that and that's kind of when it ends like and i usually set these random goals but it's very focused and i get a lot accomplished like it's just 
And I would, I would not recommend this mindset when playing with my kids because like, I have to, I have to flip a switch. I was playing secret of mana with Maddie and I had to sit here and go, it's not about getting to the goal as quickly as possible. I know where to go. I know what to do. We should be grinding. We need to hit these levels. We need to get this. No, 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 no. Let's let her explore. Let's just play the game and experience it from her perspective. And Mm -hmm. as an adult, like that's where it's like gaming is awesome and I love it. And then at the same time, I also enjoy the fact that I don't, I'm not scheduled out and I'm not a streamer. (laughs) I really love that. I'm not that because it's like, I would be, I would be an asshole. Um, because it would be like, boom, 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 boom. Here's everything I've done. And according to what I call the rule of thirds in terms of content creation, you have hype, you have grind, and then you have bitch. And those are the three that like, when you look at like content creators in the, in the category of a game, uh, you, you get excited for a game, you, you play the heck out of it. Like you would put, you know, more like by the time the community catches up, uh, like it would be, it'd be months of content and you knock it out in weeks. And then, mm-hmm. and then you complain about it. And that's essentially like, that's what I see a lot of that's, the, yeah. the no, YouTube cycle. It's, right. the, it's the rule of thirds. Um, is, I'm, I'm going to coin that the hashtag. <laughs> I like true. it. That's, that's extremely true too. And, and it's so that it's like, okay, like how can a, a game designer. Okay. So this is a question to you. How can they make content that speaks to the streaming world and also to the real world? I think Eureka was a step in the right direction for that specifically, but they went about it a little, you know, they, the first couple iterations of it weren't great. And to get to the later iterations that were good, you had to trudge through the garbage ones. So like, if they could do that with what they've learned and make it good immediately, then that would be great. Um, But it's also extremely obvious that that's not what their goal is. They don't, they don't care to entice players to play for hours and hours every single day. They, they, that's not their goal. That's very obvious. Yoshida said it himself multiple times, uh, play other games alongside this, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. (laughs) Bottom line is I have no clue. So, um, I'll, my, my thought is that, when I look at the theme park, it's a theme park versus sandbox. And I would love mm-hmm. to see them merge those two concepts together Yeah, because the theme park is great. It's curated. You have this amazing experience and then it would be great if you t- players were able to take that and then make it up because like no game developer will ever be able to satiate the demand that players have. Like mm-hmm. there's just no way. However, like when you go, that's where like when you look at sandboxes, they have long lives. Um, they need content, but they don't need it as often because, and so sandbox content within 14 would be, uh, you know, the rebuilding of Ishgard. The, uh, and it, it does have an expiration, but rebuilding of Ishgard, it has the, uh, the role-playing, uh, that ha- that's, that's, that's sandbox. It gives players this ability to explore within the tools that they have. The housing system is somewhat sandbox in that, re- in that regard, giving players tools to just make up and, and do different things like that. And so I think 14 would benefit from that. I think that um, uh, it's good. That's why I'm actually really excited about New World. Have you followed that game at all? No, I haven't heard of it. New World, Amazon Game Studios coming out this year. Uh, it's more focused around PvP, which speaks to me. I've just I actually been playing Warhammer Online the last two days. Amazing. <laughs> like, I miss that game so much. EA sucks for canceling it. Um, well, I mean, they, they suck regardless, but... The uh, but beyond that, like it's like the one thing I think that uh, Warhammer made a mistake is is they had the two faction system, and that's not what you want. 
Uh, so New World's bringing in three factions, and it'd be cool if there was more, but three factions. So that way, if one faction gets more popular, you can always end up having two factions kind of try to team up and mm-hmm. and uh, and give them grief and things like that, make it harder for them to hold down to that power. And uh, and so it's kind of where you can do PVE and PVP kind of content and quests based off of what you want. And so by doing PVE quests, you're adding to the war effort and trying to take over control. Like it's just whatever you're doing is also adding to this. So if you feel like you just want to go grind on mobs, like that's adding to that. Final Fantasy XI was fantastic with its conquest system with the three factions and then the fourth faction being kind of the, the beastmen, the, the NPCs. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, that's where I was like, all of a sudden when they started talking about the factions and playing Warhammer, I was like, yeah, the, the mistake Warhammer made is that they try to restrict it to two factions and it should oh, have yeah. been more. That never be- works. And it doesn't because one faction inevitably is going to be the place you play. If you sit I'm here, not, um... go ahead. Sorry, I'm not I'm not super into PvP games at all. I like usually if a if an MMO's end game is PvP focused, I'll usually just avoid it. Yeah. I, it's not for me. Right. Um I get way too salty. <laughs> it's not in me. I, I got to take myself out of those situations. But I played um Blade and Soul when that came out and that was a two faction game and it, exactly what happened. Uh one side became extremely uh, unbalanced. They everyone joined it, and mm-hmm. right because eventually you're just going to go there. If you, like, if why you, am I? Good. If you want to get anything done, you join that faction, or else you're just going to get griefed. And then that just continues to feed into that itself. So that's where it's like I'm very curious as to see how that kind of plays out in a modern world. I'm I'm curious. Uh, New world. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. I'm curious to see if my love of sandboxes is true. Or if it's just an illusion of like, you know, oh, I remember, remember when games were good, you know, like you get that yeah, a lot. Like games were great back in the day. It's like games are great today. Like there's things that suck sometimes within the industry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like uh, somebody, somebody was watching me play PSO2. Um, I was playing JP, just showing it off for the people who are interested. Yeah. And somebody's like, man, what happened to this game? It used to be so much better. It's like, have have you played the old PSO? It's 20 years old. It's awful. It's not good. Yeah. If it was, I, I people would still play. It. Yeah. I, I have mean, it installed. Play it. Yeah, I have, I have blue bursts. I've got yeah. the affiliate server installed. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it didn't age well. And it's also interesting to, to see people say that because there was a very obvious leap from PSO episode one up to PSO two. Mm-hmm. The games went in this direction over the course of you know 12 years it probably also helps that there what the game was offline like they even went to p like with even with psu like there wasn't really an option for with pso2 it wasn't like these games are still online and still supported that it's just kind of for me nuts because when you bring up the the mindset of the ocp and the and your sub you pay 15 dollars a month to raid twice a week within 14 more when obviously the content is fresh but you get into a cycle I'm, I, I fully expect that at some point, just like with Game Pass, that Square Enix will have its own subscription model in which that you pay 15 bucks, you know, a month. And then all of a sudden you have access to 11 to 14 to Dragon Quest 10 mm. to all of Square Enix's, you know, library or at least, you know, last year's games or more. And so, like, you're sitting here like, all right, well, I did my rating. I'm oh, I'm still in the Square Enix ecosystem. Right. Because essentially the, the, the message that some people receive especially when they're maybe only logging in once a week because I'm just going to unsub. And I, I would think Square Enix wants to hold on to that money and they have this incredible IP, you know, in my mind, it's more valuable than Nintendo's, but I'm, I followed Square. I didn't really like, I, yeah, I have my Nintendo for Mario, but wherever Square was publishing, that's where, that's the console I was on. 
And uh, yeah, so- I, I, I'd, I'd say I agree with that. I, I also tended to follow, um, you know, you, you, there, there's, there's a company publishing games you like, you buy what you can play those games on. Yeah. So, um, any other thoughts before we wrap up? Any final thoughts for the show? Uh, anything we covered? Horizon, uh, PlayStation, State of the 14, Fantasy Star Online 2? I'm just I'm reading your chat right now. And uh, <laughs> <You can laughs> old PSO was definitely better. The combo system was way more interesting. It was the same thing. You just press one button over and over. <laughs> it was a timing. It was, it was kind of a, there was oh, a yeah. rhythm. I mean, you still it. do that. Yeah, you still do that in PSO too. And, you know, if you like a combo-based class, there are... Etois literally benefits from using different PAs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just find what you like, man. Absolutely. I, I think the game has evolved from PSO Episode 1 into PSO 2 very graciously. If you play PSO 1, Episode 1 and 2, you see where the bottom line is. You see where they started 20 years ago, and you can see where they're aiming. It's very anime. It's very uh, it's very slow because it's all you could do back then. You know, it's, it's, it's what it is. And then Fantasy Star Universe comes out. It's a little faster. They've got the PA system. Um... And then the the in between games, you got Fantasy Star Portable, you've got uh, Fantasy Star Zero, which both ended up being quite fast paced, and then PSO two comes out, and that's the culmination of all of that evolving into what it is today. And I think it's very interesting to see that. <laughs> so really, I love you. <laughs> she says, uh, but brand loyalty is stupid, right? It's like to a degree. Like if Square Enix decides to go and do something I don't like, I'm not going to support it. But I'm not oh gonna... no, I'm not going to buy a Square Enix game I don't like just because it's Square Enix. Right. But they, they've got a good track record, you know. Yeah, I well, and that's the thing. When it comes down to it, um, and I haven't posted a video on it because I haven't figured out the right words to say. Sometimes it's just like, gosh, I want to say it, but it's going to come off wrong. Somebody called me an elitist the other day, and I was like, I, I was like, oh, please clarify. <laughs> Let me know because I'm not trying to be an elitist. I'm trying to be inclusive. Um, but uh, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, brand loyalty, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the real best shows here they're nothing but the, the best the bottom line is that you're an elitist that's right well, the thing we could take away from all of this is that I am an elitist perfect um, uh, Tate where can people find you uh, what you got coming up oh man uh, golden top pretty much anywhere twitch.tv youtube uh, twitter all that good stuff um, I tweet uh, I don't it's not good content on twitter it's just spewing random thoughts uh usually on the toilet uh youtube, <laughs> YouTube is highlighted works um and and stuff like that there's going to be a couple of pso2 guides up coming up there because i just want to spread the word and hope people don't mess up feeding their mags basically <laughs> hands down dude and they will yeah. like hands is like you know just, like i i did it for science i was like see how easy and it's it's such a time-consuming effort or a financial one to fix it so mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, buy oh, yeah. a new one. You know, it's like really grinding your X cubes, man. Oh, dude. Hell, hey, they fuck. made it cheaper. It used to be fifty X cubes per level down. Yeah, five um, now, right? Five. Five. Yeah. We thank assume God. that it's also that way in NA. Like this is not the the curve. It, it is. Oh, it is good. Yeah, somebody looked at the X cube shop in the beta, and it's the exact same as JP. Oh, that's good. That's good that so, they've yeah. also learned from you know all of that itself. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, be sure to check out Tate. On all of his platforms, uh, check out his content. Fantastic content creator. Really great hanging out with you out at the media tour, hopefully. Are you going to be yeah. at FanFest this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't get canceled or anything like that. <laughs> I heard, yeah, E3 got canceled or something like that. I don't know if it's official, but it's... it's yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's official, but it's been talked about. A lot of a lot of conventions have been getting canceled. It a just, lot of it just makes sense. We've in, we're in mm-hmm. Dallas, and there's already like another, like another six cases that have just popped up. That's just going to... Con- because of the nature, you have no symptoms... And you're spreading it around like it's like, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll just I'll just 
continue being a neat if that's the case man i'll just <laughs> i well that's the thing like i work from home and that's a real blessing i've been telling my wife like all right you know what we're not like we're debating right now like do we just send maddie to school and i said no like i'm like she's in kindergarten we can stay at home for a while we can yeah. we can weather this out you know so that's going to be how, how old. <laughs> good luck everybody stay safe I was yeah. actually hoping to go to E3, but I was like, once all this stuff started happening, I was apparently like, apparently oh. it's officially been canceled, according to chat. Yeah, they been canceled. Yeah, yeah. They, that was that was solid this morning. I was like, yeah, it just makes that's sense. crazy, man. Well, you know, I think that's where we'll. I think that's probably going to be best because now you can see like Nintendo directs, like let Sony do a direct, let you know, like let them do that, and I think that could ultimately kind of be where maybe that's where the industry's been heading all this time anyway. Yeah. So. But if FanFest is there, I'll be there maybe, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, probably, as you long know, as assuming yeah. nobody is ill. Yeah. You know, we don't want this conflu. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, usually we have Chris here where we do the typical outro in which that I would say, my name is Brian, this is Work to Game, blah, 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 and go around and see if uh, if uh, our guest caught on to it. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to do that because it doesn't work when I just stare at the camera uh, ceaselessly. Um, let's see here. Uh, we've got uh, more content coming out on YouTube. Uh, you can, If you've found this, hopefully you found our YouTube channel. Uh, in which that I've got some stuff for Warhammer Online that I want to make. I've got some stuff for Fantasy Star Online 2 that's going to be rolling out on Ginger Prime. Uh, we got New World coverage that's going to be coming up. And uh, yeah, I'm still leveling up Gunbreaker. I love that job. I good love job. it. Like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so Gunbreaker is phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, that's what it is. Thanks everybody for tuning in. For Work to Game, my name is Brian. This is Tate. Uh, thanks for June and uh, June and in perfect. Um, of course. <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care.